Hello, this psalm is to the chief musician, a psalm of David. So we know that David was writing to the chief musician who is most likely the ultimate musician. That's God himself. It's often referred to as a wisdom psalm. G. Campbell Morgan said about it that the thought of the whole psalm is the safety of godliness and the peril of ungodliness. The comparison we see between the psalmist's view of those who say there is no God and those who trust in God is dramatic as well as it is confounding. It starts by saying that the fool has said in his heart there is no God. Then goes on to say everyone has turned from God, nobody does any good, they eat God's people up and that the people are afraid. The Hebrew word used here for fool is Nabal. The word describes an aggressive attitude and one claiming that God is nowhere to be seen and who doesn't feel shame. Now there are two sorts of fools. One does funny things that make us laugh. The other, while they do evil, doesn't even feel that they have done wrong. They feel no shame. Nabal is the name of the husband of Abigail who eventually married David. He was an aggressive soldier. He represented, he's represented as one who cares for no one. He felt no shame for his actions or what he said. The false story is in 1 Samuel 25. Now Nabal came from the clan of Caleb. The difference between Nabal and Caleb is worth looking at. We told in Numbers 13 that Cable, uh, Caleb stilled the fears of the people and inspired the children of Israel to go and possess the land of Canaan. He, together with Joshua, went to spy the land. While the others Moses sent to spy the land came back with their mission fearful and doubtful, Caleb came back looking to inspire people to follow God's way. What a difference! I like the desire Caleb had to inspire others to follow God's way. The psalmist continues in verse 3, saying that people who are turning from God have become evil. He says, nobody does anything that is good. Feels like the world we live in now. How often have we heard that there is nothing good nowadays? In verse 4 he says, will they ever learn? He sees that people have turned away from God and therefore become corrupt. Paul interprets this phrase, turned away, as grown sour. The psalmist maybe is looking for those who will seek to learn and also seeking God who is seeking from us to know him more and not to turn sour. As strong as folk may be who have grown sour or turn away from God and wish to deny him, they live under a cloud that they're battling against, that is God himself, and will therefore never win. Verse 5 says, this is because God is with the righteous, or in other words, those who trust in God will know he is with them, whereas those without his help will fail in their deeds against him. There is a famous British sportsman who had a Christian testimony, and he sadly stated a few years ago that he no longer saw the need for God in his life. And that sort of sportsman isn't the only one with that sort of mindset and we mustn't judge them but pray for them regularly because it's the Holy Spirit that can do a work in the heart and lives restoring them.
The psalmist says that the evil shame the counsel of the poor, but the Lord is his refuge. David says that the workers of iniquity may work against the poor, but God has refuge for them that cannot be breached. The poor in this case were those under oppression from the wicked and feel weak. A bit like those suffering in Somalia and Nigeria. Charles Spurgeon offered helpful ways for the poor who can take counsel. I've turned it into an acronym, APT or APT. Admit our own weakness and then depend on God. Pray for God to be near, releasing us from fear because we know God hears us then trust in God's promise as seen in the word. David knew that the Lord was a refuge for his people and that the workers of iniquity would never win. Yet that was hard to see at that present time. So David expressed his great longing that God would bring the victory and deliverance he had promised to his people. In verse 7, David's cry was, Oh, who will turn come from Zion? Who will make Israel safe? We might add, how long? But we can join Isaiah in Isaiah 12 too, saying, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Then verse 3 says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. David anticipated the joyful time of restoring Israel's blessings. We can praise God in anticipation of what he will do. The Apostle Paul reflects on Israel, Isaiah's words in Romans 11 verses 26 and 27. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Paul was looking to see God working amongst the people. Looking at our nation, our town, our streets and families today, we long to see God the Deliverer at work. We perhaps need to draw water from the wells of salvation, fresh as today, to deal with today. We will pray for forgiveness for the way in which we have turned away from God and that we always will learn how to work out what our salvation means for us now. I need and want to be a Caleb, not an Abel. I want to rejoice knowing the Lord is at work. I want to understand what God wants of you and me today. Enjoy celebrating his working amongst us. Thank you.